0: Welcome to another episode of the Training for an Eternal Crown podcast. Uh, Welcome to our fundamental series where we're going to be walking through our new resource titled Fundamentals. Um, We are in the chapter titled, What is the Bible? Session 1, How We Know. Uh, So we're going to be hitting on some objectives today uh, that the Bible uh, was given to us by God because He wants us to know Him, and the Bible is the perfect resource for knowing God. And lastly, that the Bible is completely inspired by God. So I'm joined this morning uh, by Jacob Oldham, our executive director, and Adam Spates in from Nicaragua. So I appreciate you guys joining today on this episode of the podcast. So kind of one thing that we're introing this, uh, this session for what is the Bible is that our growth as Christians and our growth as baseball players are, are pretty similar in their nature. So guys, if you just want to kind of elaborate on how you've seen that even play out in your own life.
1: Yeah, I, um, it's uh, – you know, my career in baseball is just a slow a slow journey of uh, you're learning new skills, you're learning new uh, – the game evolves as you move up in different divisions, and it's just a slow process of learning new things about the game, how to play the fundamentals, as you say here. Uh, they never change, but they do progress. Uh, they become more and more uh, – Difficult and challenging as you get older, as there's more nuances in the game. And I feel like the Christian life is a um, my walk with the Lord over the past 15 years has been the the same way. It's kind of uh, the old saying that the the more that you know, the more that you know that you don't know, or something like that. Yep. I don't know if I said no. that right, but that was true in baseball as the game became so much more difficult. Uh, the older you got and the, the higher skill level you got, with you walk with Christ, the more you know about God, the more you understand that you have no idea who he is.
2: Yeah, I would agree. Baseball, when you start out, is hit the ball, run to first, T ball. Uh, and as you grow in the game, like Jacob said, there's the nuances there. Things that you learn, there are depths of the game that you didn't know. Uh, the – We have what we call baseball nerds, baseball statisticians. There are so many things that are brought into the game now that we didn't even know when we were coming up in the game. And so um, the depths of baseball are deep, but how much more the depths of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so um, I've been a Christian for 31 years now, and definitely I, I know things that I didn't know. I've learned things about myself that I didn't know, but more importantly, I've learned things about God that I didn't know and my relationship to him. And that just comes through time and, and maturity uh, that Paul alludes to over and over in his, in the word Uh, as we mature in Christ. um, We know more things about ourselves and um, in our relationship to God. So yeah, I've definitely um, I'd like to say that I've definitely exceeded my knowledge of of God more than Mm -hmm. I have my knowledge of baseball. Mm -hmm. Um, That cause that's, that's my, my goal.
0: Yeah. And you guys hit on it. It's a, It's a gradual, difficult, there's usually a lot of adversity, even in your walk with Christ, just overcoming your own sin and and some of the temptations around you. But I think one thing that's been so big, and, you know, you look at today's game, guys are throwing harder than they've ever thrown before. They're hitting the ball harder than they've ever hit it before because a lot of the tools they use to to train have just exceedingly advanced with technology. Mm. And, you know, like there's – there's some things you have to have as a baseball player if you want to grow. You got to have a bat, you got to have a glove, you know, you got to have a ball. Like those are the things that you must have to grow. And then there's things that are additional that will help you grow quicker, grow in different ways like a cage, a hitting machine, a tee, you know, just different pieces of technology. And so the one thing we kind of want to highlight today is there are necessary tools to grow as a baseball player and there's necessary tools to grow as a Christian Um, with the primary tool being the Bible. Like that is the prime tool God has given us to know him. He wants us to know him. He desires for us to know him. And because of that, he has fully inspired the Bible to help us grow. So what are are some other tools that you guys can see in the Christian life God's given us to grow and how have they kind of complemented your reading of the Bible and your reading of God's word.
2: First of all, um, I wanted to comment on the fact that we do have a lot of tools in baseball advanced um, more than we, we didn't have uh, in times past, such as Rap Soto and, mm-hmm. and, you know, we're, we're spin rotation, uh, all this stuff that we're measuring and, and being able to work off now. And, and it's the same with, with uh, what we have now. In in the Christian world, I mean, if you go back, you know, you go back the first English translations seven hundred years ago, uh, just a portion of the Bible. Um, you go back five hundred years ago is the first time people are really starting to get the whole word in their hand, um, and still something that was expensive. So the common man, I remember William Tyndale said that his his job was to make sure that the plowman, the guy behind a plow, knows more about the word of God than the king. And um that's in a time where you're having to hand press every single move, every letter block. And now you can pull out your smartphone and you have the word in whatever translation is available, um, uh, multiple if hundreds of languages available at our fingertips. And so, uh just like the game of baseball has advanced in our resources, even more in the things we have for the word of the Lord, uh, you can go we have Multiple uh, subscription services such as Scribd, Amazon, Kindle, where we can have millions of books about how to read the Bible, what the Bible contains, and how to live the Christian life. And so um, I use my smartphone daily as a tool for the Bible and to help me understand from guys who have have uh, dove into the depths of Scripture and brought these pearls out for us. Mm. So I, I, I personally uh, am a reader more than I am a listener. I do listen to some sermons, but uh, I thank the Lord for the technology that we have at our fingertips where a guy across the world can put out an article and within seconds I can read that article.
1: Yeah, I would I would say in, a, in addition to the Bible, um, God has – we can know God, or we we've got other tools to help us know God through um, creation, what He's done in creation. Um, I, I think through uh, teachers, the gifts that God has given people. We've got, uh, as Adam said, there's teachers uh, who have given their life to studying this uh, this Bible that we can learn from. We can learn more about who God is um, from teachers uh, from uh, brothers, um, uh, God has set up this, the church, uh, to be a, a unifying place for his people. And so, uh, just the brotherhood of believers, uh, helps us to, to spur one another on and to know God. So there's, there's other avenues, but even like, um, God revealing himself through creation, the only reason we know that that is true because it says it in his word we have authority from his word that tells us that that we can know god through his creation and so uh it's still i think all of it goes back to the authority of of the word of god
0: yeah and that's the i feel like that's the challenge especially in the american church today is because we have so many mm-hmm. you know secondary resources podcasts mm. uh other things where people are just telling us what they've gotten out of God's word, we we never really get there ourselves. Mm. You know, we can. It's like having a, a great facility and a cage and a pitching machine and a tee, but never having a bat to hit. Mm. You know, you've got everything else, but you don't have the one true resource that's actually going to personally grow you in your walk with Christ. And I love what Jay Gresham Mashin says. He says it's simply this: that if we are really to know anything about God, it will probably be because God has chosen to tell it to us. That's on page six of your mm-hmm. of your journal, um, but like Romans eleven says, like, "Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out! Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor?" Then it goes on to say, "For from him and through him and for him are all things." And that's exactly what the Bible is. It is a gift from God, given to us by God, so that we could know God for His glory.
1: Yeah, it's saying Jeremiah that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, like, like that alone tells us we need we need a resource that has his thoughts uh, because our thoughts are going to be different. We're left to our own thoughts, uh, we're going to think differently. We're going to uh, know differently than than God. So we need a resource that's going to input his thoughts into our hearts, and that's what the Bible uh, ha- has done for me. And for millions of others, and that's what the world needs, is the thoughts of God to, to be implanted into our hearts.
0: Yeah. And we'll we'll hit on a whole chapter of just how we, the validity of the Bible, the Bible being true. Hmm. Um, we'll have a whole chapter on that. But what we can know just now in the beginning of this resource is that the Bible is perfect because it's from God, and that's what we need to rest our faith in. I remember
2: um, when we were talking about doing this, uh, fundamental series what what should we start off with and i had talked with the captain of the german national team uh simon gearing who's also a discipler of men and i was asking his opinion he said in germany the thing that you have to start with is the bible is it true or is it not and uh, i remember that just put my wheels spinning because you know in in tennessee alabama and the in the american rural south uh whether the Bible is true or not is not something that's really debated hmm. uh, for the most part in some circles, sure. Uh, but I, it made me think that truly is the starting place. Um, in Romans 1, it talks about how they knew God, but they didn't worship him, and they had exchanged the truth for a lie. And now because they've seen, all men have seen creation, we're without excuse, but how much more us who have access to the word? Hmm. There's 7,000 languages in the world, And only 2,000 have at least a portion of Scripture translated into their own language. We have in the English language an abundance of translations of the Bible. And so right there is where it all starts to find, to become a believer in Jesus, you have to become a believer in God. Mm -hmm. And how do we know whether God is true or not? Well, that comes from the word uh, being sent in the form of Jesus, but the word Inspired through the guys who have written from Genesis to Revelation, hmm. and you know, to have absolute truth, there has to be a place to find that absolute truth, and we have it in our hands. But man, how are we going? How are we going to be accountable, us who have we who have the the word so readily available at our fingertips? That's really good. That's
0: really good. And there's something to hit on in your groups, like Spates was kind of talking about: is creation is one of those those ways that God has revealed himself to us and we can see part of his character. And that's a really important part to hit on with your groups, the importance of creation and what we believe in that. Um, but the Bible is, is our primary, uh, foundation that we rest on and a fundamental that we must have, uh, in our tool belt as believers in Christ. So as we're about halfway through the podcast today, um, I do want to be able to touch on this chart on page seven of your journal. Um, that just kind of gives us a box score of the Bible, talks about who wrote it, how many books are in it, so on and so forth. And there's a couple things in here that really stand out to me um, that really should should alter our worldview of the Bible, how we revere, how we honor the Bible, and just some things that stick out about it. So, uh, Jacob Spates, I'll kind of give you guys each some time. Just if there's anything that sticks out to you personally out of this chart or just something that you think is important just contextually about the Bible, just the way it's put together, the chapters, what it's, why things are titled the way they're titled. So, I'll just hand it over to you guys for a couple minutes and let you expand on that.
1: Uh, yeah, probably the most. Um, I don't know if uh, interesting or um, I'm not sure the vocabulary for it, but the uh, the fact uh, that it costs people their lives to get this Bible mm. into to the language that I'm reading. Uh, just gives me chill bumps to think about, uh, that, that people, it was important enough. They gave their lives willingly and knowingly that it would, would cost them their lives, uh, to translate this Bible into English. Um, and, uh, that's been the case into many other languages as well, not just the English Bible, but into many other languages. It comes at a great cost, um, to us. And so there's, uh, this sense of responsibility when, when there is a sense of entitlement that we've got all these resources that we've talked about. Um, it, it should give us a sense of humility and responsibility that we have this word. So just, uh, you know, during this lesson, it'd be it'd be good to uh, in your groups to to thank God for these men, uh, a couple who are listed in, but many who are not listed, uh, that gave their lives to um, martyrs' deaths to so that we could have the Bible in the language that we read it in uh, today. So that's um, that's one thing for me that that we should be mindful of when we, when we talk about uh what is the bible the the other thing and then I'll turn it over to Adam is the structure of the of the bible one thing that really helped me um understand what I was reading and how I was reading is how the how the books of the bible were structured old testament new testament and uh, specifically the old testament it, it may be good for you in your groups to go to the turn to the opening or the uh, table of contents, and, and explain what these books are and how, how they're ordered. Um, and just real quickly, like Genesis through Esther is the history of, of the Old Testament. So uh, everything that happens occurs in those books, Genesis through Esther. Um, that's the end of the history. And then you got the next uh, five books that are Job, through Song of Solomon, that are wisdom literature. That's really man, um, uh, for the most part, speaking uh, to God. You think about the Psalms there; uh, that's a man crying out uh, to God there. Uh, so that's known as wisdom literature. And then you got the prophets, Isaiah through Malachi. The rest of the book. All of this is happening inside that history. So this is when you're when you're reading Isaiah. You've got to go back to a point in the history of uh, the Old Testament that these books are happening, this is God calling out man, speaking through man. So, um, just a just a way if you're reading the Old Testament and the New Testament, you got the Gospels, the four Gospels, in the Book of Acts. That's kind of all the the history of uh, the New Testament, and then all the letters from Romans all the way to Re- uh, Revelation is happening inside, really, the book of Acts there. So these are um, uh, specific letters that are being written uh, inside the history of the book of Acts, so uh, the history of the early church. So just th- thinking through, it, uh, that really opened my eyes when I'm reading something, that this happened, this is not new information, it's not outside the history, this is happening inside the history of when you're reading Romans, this is, Paul writing to a church that was really birthed throughout the Book of Acts on missionary adventures or or uh, whatnot. So, it gives you some context while you're reading.
2: And 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 that graph. I mean, all points are something that are I'm passionate about. But uh, like Jacob said, uh, the guys who have given their life to translating the word. When you talk about Tyndale and Miles Coverdale, I mean, hiding in barrels to, uh, for days to elude people, looking for them to kill them for translating the word. Um, and guys who, who um, like Tyndale, who was killed, uh, murdered, chased from country to country to country with only one mission, that you and I today would have the word in our language. Um, it's something that we shouldn't take for granted. Uh, and alongside of that is is the one that says that uh, original texts were in other languages um, in Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek and someone who's a missionary to a Spanish-speaking country I've had to learn another language And working on my third well, if you count Pig Latin it would be my fourth language <laughs> German uh, or maybe five if you count my version of English uh, Southern English that I speak but um, in doing that uh, you learn just how difficult it is to to translate something, how words contain meaning, Uh, some Greek words that it takes us a paragraph to translate into English. I remember watching a video of a guy who was a translator in the New Living Translation and talking about how he was working as a linguistic uh, translating for another tribe. I don't remember where, but he said they didn't have a word. They didn't have the noun, love. They were trying to translate 1 Corinthians where it says, uh, love is patient, love is kind and, the, and they couldn't do it because the word love as a noun didn't exist in the language so just the hurdles that these, these guys are going through to bring the truth of, of God to the world is something that, that's amazing and also how God has preserved his word uh, through those languages and, and through time uh, through manuscripts, people translating them Uh, bringing them to people, commoners like ourselves sitting here at this table, um, allowing us to know, like Paul said, the surpassing glory of knowing who God is, to know Jesus Christ. And and that's done. We have the pleasure of not only having it written on our hearts and, and, and in our minds, but having it in our hands to have a daily reminder of who God is, what he has done through his son, and who we are because of those things. And so uh, it's amazing to me to read in English a text that is thousands of years old from another language but can still be proved over and over again to be translated not only well but um, thoroughly. Hmm. That's good. This, I think this chart really hammers
0: home that third objective, that the Bible is truly inspired by God. Hmm. It's written Absolutely. over... 40 different authors with one, one continuous uh, story that continues to develop. It's written over you know roughly 1,500 years. And it's not like these guys were renowned theologians, authors, well-educated. They're mostly the complete opposite of that. And um, it just highlights how volatile the word really is. I mean, it, it, is, it is not man's mind like we talked about. It is, it is the mind of God. Uh, and you see that all throughout uh, Scripture. So just really good there. I, I encourage you, um, like Jacob said, pray about this in your group. Just understand, like, like the the very end, 52 countries where the Bible is illegal or mm-hmm. severely persecuted. Mm-hmm. I mean, just this is a treasure. This this word that God has given us is a treasure, and we should hold it as so uh, in our hearts. So uh, I pray that this has been helpful for you and your group. Reed,
1: I, I would like to... I'm just thinking about – talking about baseball, um, how how we relate um, the fundamentals of baseball to our spiritual life and and practice. We talk about practice a lot. And I just think about in our groups that whether you're college, high school, whatever, like you train every day on these fundamentals. You go to practice. uh, This group is probably either meeting after practice or maybe before school uh in the morning but at some point today these these ball players here are, are going to go to practice to train on these fundamentals and probably do a lot of the exact same things they did the day before and tomorrow they'll do the same things again and then yet we take and something that for a game that that maybe not can be mastered but but you can continue to get better and improve on we take the how in search the depths of the knowledge of God. Like when we think about someone that we, we can never fully know, but he has revealed himself and his thoughts and his ways to us and how we should live, how we should act, how we should treat one another, how we should uh, relate to God, how we should live. And, and we, we don't train every day for, for, an eternal crown, something that lasts forever, something that's greater than uh, this game. So I I would just encourage as diligent as you are about training uh, in your craft, whether pitching, hitting, field, whatever it is in in the game, uh, all the more we should should train uh, our spiritual life, our spiritual mind um, through – the word of God. We have been given a great tool and many other tools that supplement, uh, the Bible. And we, we should spend time daily training in the fundamentals of our faith as well.
2: And I would like to say, if you're a, if you're someone who has a two, four, two group and you're using this, um, I think this point is, is critical. It's it's the reason that it's at the very beginning of this study and, and the future studies that are built upon this fundamentals is, is because really and truly, if, if, if we can't believe that the word of God is true, the Bible, um, anything we say after that is, is null. it's, it's, it's been, it's been canceled out because this is where it starts. If the Bible's not real, is any of the rest of of what we believe in Christianity real? If it, if it's in contradiction to the word, if the word contradicts the rest, then, then what are we talking about? Why are you still talking to me? And so I think is when you're working with uh, with men and you're sharing this, this is a point that needs to be hit upon. And then if you're not a, a, a leader, if you're listening to this and you're just someone going through this study, think about this. This is the fundamental of our faith. Everything that we believe comes stems from this book or the 66 books within it. And so... If, if we believe that this is the truth of, of the God that we serve, if this is his word and that his word breathes life and is the power into salvation, how lightly are we taking it? How much time do we spend reading it to be refreshed, to be corrected, what, Tim, what Paul says to Timothy, to be rebuked, uh, to, to be instructed? How much time are we spending in this word that people did give their life for, uh, including Jesus Christ, who was the Word made flesh? So, if these are things that we that we believe, then we need to measure ourselves right now and do some introspection and, and think: If we truly believe that this Bible is true and the Word of God, how often do I flip a page in it? How often do I read it? Am I am I trying to hide it in my heart? Am I letting it be a light into my path? So that's something that we can all think about today, whether we're a leader or not, is if if what we believe this devotional says is true, that this is the word of God and it is real, how seriously do we take it and respect it? How much are we like the Bereans, weighing everything that someone says to us about Jesus and, and God and searching the scriptures to see if it lines up? Amen.
0: Amen. Uh, guys thank you for your time today uh listeners we're praying for you uh as you lead your groups and even your own personal study uh and thank you for listening Till next time